0: Welcome to Revved Up for Sunday, a podcast from St. Mark's Episcopal Church in New Canaan, Connecticut, on the Sunday Scriptures. I'm Justin Chris. I'm Peter Walsh.
1: I'm Elizabeth Garnsey.
0: And today we are uh, jumping into a different gospel than the gospels that we've been taking a look at these last few weeks of our podcast. We have been in the Gospel of Mark, but today we're in the Gospel of John because John is the gospel from which the uh, the, the lesson for the Feast of All Saints, which we're observing on. Sunday, is taken. This is the story of epic cinematic proportions, right? There's emotion, there's drama, there's life, there's death. It's the raising of Lazarus and so much more.
1: Let's
0: hear it. A reading from the Gospel of John, the 11th chapter. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, when he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. So the first part of this scene is one of really, I think, incredible intimacy where Jesus is, uh, Jesus is Arriving in the home of this family, who he knows, this family which he loves, and he learns that his friend Lazarus has died. I mean, what do you all? What do you all make of the arrival of Jesus on the scene here? His exchange with Mary, the famous line, uh, "Jesus." began to weep, which I have to say is a, um, it's a translation uh, travesty to my mind. And the mm-hmm. King James is Jesus wept, which has a kind of brevity. It's the shortest, mm-hmm. the shortest verse in the King James Version of the Bible. Um, you know, and here it is. Jesus began to weep. Just have to, not every translation is an improvement poetically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, what do you guys make of the arrival scene?
1: I happened to bring the King James Version. Oh. Because you're right, Jesus wept. And then there's this other great travesty of translation where it says, Martha, the sister of them that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh.
2: I I love the stinketh line. That's kind of the stinketh line. Yeah.
1: We lost the stinketh. That's a great <laughs> line. He hath been dead for four days. So I think what do I make of it that Jesus moves in his own time and mm. throughout the gospel, he's throughout John in particular, he's sort of wafting along, the uh, foot off the ground everywhere he goes, and he, he knows what's coming, he knows how it's going to be solved. He's just this, you know, very evolved Christ figure that, um, you know, really unbound by other people's urgency, mm-hmm. And uh, as he is in the others, but here it's a sort of all-knowing, all-calm, you know, presence, mm-hmm. so...
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that the, 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 I mean, this is one of my favorite pieces of scriptures, and I think anybody who plunges into this would have to say this is one of their favorite pieces of scripture, because uh, like all these, these, jo- these John stories, these Johannine stories, you get, the, you get the full gamut of the whole of Jesus. And your question about what about his arrival, so we only get a portion of his arrival. So his right. original arrival is in the passage in front of it, uh, where he arrives, and Martha goes out to meet him. And Martha's fired up the way Martha's fired up. You know, and mm-hmm. she says just what Mary says. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, right? And mm-hmm. and he meets her like energy with a whoa, wait to hear this lady. You know, I am the resurrection and I am the life. So he meets Martha right where she is, and he just doesn't in some sense he meets her energy with his energy. And then they get that the Lord wants you, and so mm-hmm. out comes Mary who is mourning in the house. And and then we get all these incredible words. This is the emotional life of Jesus, right? He was greatly disturbed. He was mm-hmm. deeply moved uh, uh, because Mary's weeping. And then I couldn't agree more with the, this question about Jesus wept. Mm-hmm. Jesus began to weep. Oh, man, that is a terrible translation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I mean, if you're going to go that direction, you would say Jesus burst into tears, which Mm -hmm. would be Mm -hmm. the other Mm -hmm. translation that Mm -hmm. could be used for the Greek here. Mm -hmm. And so now we have Jesus weeping. He's, He's from son of God. I am the resurrection to son of man. He is weeping. And then they're like, oh, we've got love. And then he's disturbed at the cave. Hmm. And uh, and then he cried out in a loud voice in the end and, and cried out. I, it's also a terrible translation. So... Your son, Charlie, cries out to me when he walks on the campus, Peter, Peter, Peter. That's, that's, that's cried out. This is, Jesus is angry, and he yeah. comes out, and in, an, and in a bursting forth angry voice says, Lazarus, come out. He's angry at death. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the translation doesn't help us at all. We get the full emotional life of Jesus mm-hmm. in the fullness of this passage. We get son of man, son of God. Uh, we, get th- we get the whole thing here.
0: Speaking of the emotional life of Jesus, uh, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. The um, ah, "deeply moved" there could also be translated "trouble." It's a right. form of the of the mm-hmm. Greek verb. My Greek pronunciation is nice. not very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a form of the verb tarasso. Uh, which means to agitate or to trouble, mm-hmm. and it could even mean to um, to like disturb one's inward equilibrium, yeah. to disturb one's calmness of mind, or to cause inward commotion. Mm-hmm. So like Jesus here is n- not deeply moved, as in like we we say to one another, oh wow, I was really moved by that, you know, by, by that like sophisticated French film or something right, like I, that. I, I, this is right, like mm-hmm. Jesus sees an old enemy, like the kid who bullied him as a when he was a kid, and he's like agitated inside of himself when he comes on the scene and realizes that death has been at work in the life of this family that he loves he's Mm -hmm. like torn apart inside right it's really like for a gospel which is in which jesus is the full christ as you put Mm -hmm. it in which Mm -hmm. jesus is in some ways otherworldly the most otherworldly christ that we get depicted uh in the four gospels here you have jesus in the fullness of his humanity really just as torn apart with grief Fear, I think, uh, agitation, anger, inward commotion, as we are.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: it's really, I mean, it's it's quite striking, and it's mm-hmm. prompted, I think, by the fact that death has been at work in this particular family that he loves. Yeah, oh, that's
1: good. Yeah, it's it's a mystery. All this emotion coming out, and yeah. and my my feelings about this. Passage are evolving in real time. Um, because <laughs> I was going to arrive here and say, This is my least favorite passage in school. Oh, what? Are Showdown.
2: You <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, how, how did you get hired here? I, mean, here. Oh, I know. Did you read about? my resume? Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: uh, I said, This is my least Lazarus, favorite yeah, 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 <laughs> passage. No, no, and now, you know, I do find that um, the, it, as you talk about Jesus's emotions, I'm feeling like he. Um, th- well, we have to back up quite a bit for me to make my real point. But um, I, So I'll summarize by saying I, I don't think this is a literal historical event. I'll just lay my cards on the table. I think Lazarus is a symbolic character that John has created to um, double down on his signs. It's the book of signs. You know, John is called the gospel of, of signs. And, and every sign in John, there's no... Question that Jesus is an absolute extreme healer. Like this is the X Games for Jesus, and you know he doesn't turn a cup of water into wine. He turns lots of water into 150 gallons of wine. You know, and they don't. It's the end of the night. Like they don't need that much wine, but he's just going to be like, let's go big or go home. You know, Mm. and then he heals a man blind, a blind man, not who was injured and blinded, but born blind you know I mean you can't undo that situation and and then um you know his lame people are lame for 38 years you know there's all this kind of like blah and then here's Lazarus dead for four days you know in the other gospels he raises Jairus daughter he raises the widow's um, son or I can't remember who it is but you know those people they're being carried to the grave maybe there's a misdiagnosis they're not quite dead or mm-hmm. you know there's always like a shadow of a doubt that the person isn't dead like Lazarus I mean he stinketh you know he's, yeah. he's dead and, and so I feel like Jesus he's hes and there's another well I won't say it all at once but I, I feel like he's he, John the Gospeler is trying to um convey to the early church that lazarus you know we and we are can undergo to the end death the deepest depths and be raised up out of that you know in in our life now and that um and jesus can plunge down to those depths with us like that getting back to your sense of the emotion of jesus he doesn't just stay up there waiting for us to come out of our our hardships and give us life on the other side like he's like plunging right down in with all the anguish and hardship and heartache and you know i i've never really seen that till 2 minutes ago really you know <laughs> just that he you know that he he's so involved with their suffering and weeps and uh you know i think that's a i really appreciate these these things you're bringing out of it, because I, I just, you know, John's Jesus to me is sort of untouchable, mm. in a way, or has been. But I really like that. So, thanks for listening.
2: Yeah, no, really, <laughs> uh, really, uh, of course. I mean, re- actually, really interesting. I yeah. do believe that Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. So I'm in a different place on this than you are, mm-hmm. and I, um, and I don't know if you want to uh, want me to pause and you comment on no, on that too. It. No, mm-hmm. because. Please. Uh, Elizabeth has put on a really some interesting ways to to look at this also that the the issues around uh what's happening here uh I mean I think ultimately there's there's two things one is that when Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead it causes him to be killed mm. So immediately that's the response from the religious authority. So, uh, and we would say uh, in our tradition, doctrinal, doctrinal tradition, Jesus died for us, right? That whole concept. And here that if we were going to say that the the, the the Jesus of John's gospel, who's sort of like a, a heavenly Jesus walking on earth is kind of what you're describing, knows what's coming. And so he gives his life to save Lazarus because this causes him to die. Mm. Uh is one one element. And another, uh, for me, that the 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 best line in the whole thing is not uh, Jesus come out, or Jesus stinketh is a pretty good line, I must say. But it's really, it's unbind him and let him go. Yeah. That the whole yeah. purpose of yeah. Jesus, mm-hmm. the whole teaching of the way of love, the whole Jesus thing is to unbind our souls and let us go. Mm-hmm. And so for me, this is the I, I mean, this is, this is a major line for me in my own spiritual journey when I was particularly twisted, and Jay Sidebotham, friend of all of ours, mm-hmm. was listening to my life confession and said, well, maybe, because uh, we got talking about this passage, he said, maybe, you know, during your sabbatical, uh, the, the Spirit will work in your life as, it, as Jesus worked uh, with Lazarus and unbind him and let him go. I felt an unbinding of my soul. So I think that the, the purpose of the whole thing is to unbind us from all the things that are deathly in our lives, all the things that kill us, mm-hmm. all the things that defeat us in our human condition, that Jesus has come to set that set that free.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The freedom here that's given to Lazarus is really pretty incredible, and it's a freedom that I, I think is, um, it's a freedom that crosses the line of death. So it's a freedom which is, from my perspective, it, it, it you know the life of this, the life of the resurrection, the life of Christ erupts into our world now, and it keeps the world going through death. So this freedom mm. from death is all encompassing. It includes freedom from anxiety, fear. Sin, evil, etc. I mean, there are other times when Jesus is disturbed in you know this uh, this form of the verb uh, uh in John's Gospel. And they, it's when he's um, when he tells the um, the disciples in John twelve that he's going to die, foretells his death, right. and then in John thirteen he tells the disciples that one of them has betrayed him. So you know the what the enemy that Jesus is confronting here, and that's kind of what I what I say. I see Jesus coming on the scene being disturbed in his spirit because he sees an enemy who he's like well acquainted with yeah uh, the enemy is much larger than just the physical process of dying right it includes that I think um, and i I, I, I do um, yeah, don't know for sure, but I I lean to the side of I think this probably actually happened historically. Um, I don't see a clear reason why it could not have happened if God is who I believe God is and Jesus was who I believe Jesus is. But uh, the the death that's at work here is not just our physical dying; it's everything that's wrapped up in death. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I one of the early church sure. fathers named um, Maximus the Confessor. Made a really big deal out of the fact – that is a great name. Uh, (laughs) Maximus made a great deal of the fact that Jesus has a natural human fear of dying. So that when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane in in the other Gospels and he he begins to do things like sweat, tears of blood, and he's asking the Father to take the cup from him and that kind of thing. Father, don't make me do this. He's feeling the natural fear of dying. And he feels the natural fear of dying as a human being, in part, to set all human beings free from the natural fear of dying. Mm. And if you're not afraid to die, you can actually have the courage to live, I think. I think if I if I think about people in our tradition for whom I have incredible respect and even awe, people whose lives are filled with something that I'm like, I want more of that, whatever it is. I think of people like... Yeah. Uh, Father Maximilian Kolbe, the Roman Catholic priest who uh, died in a concentration camp, I think of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, uh, you know, who was involved in an assassination plot uh, against Hitler, I think of Martin Luther King Jr., who was martyred for justice, etc. These were people who, regardless of how they worked it out doctrinally, and they all worked it out doctrinally probably in slightly different ways, they were not afraid of death because Jesus was <coughs> alive in them and have been alive in their histories and alive in the history of this family and that's i don 't quite know how to bottle that and give it to myself hmm. but they 've got something that I want they weren 't afraid mm-hmm. of dying mm-hmm. or it wasn't that they weren't afraid of dying they had courage in the face of being afraid of dying that 's mm-hmm. probably more accurate
1: well here i mean it's it's interesting that I, I feel like to to need to Confirm or or deny whether this is literal or not or historical it's it's a little bit distracting because I think in Mm -hmm. in the writing as a piece of a Crafted gospel that that you know Is very precise in the points that it's trying to make Mm -hmm. and the symbolism and everything. This is a whole microcosm I think of everything in John mm, pre Jesus own death and resurrection but mm. you know even come and see like in the very beginning of John right Jesus nice. says to the first people he calls you know they say where are you staying where are you abiding he says come and see and here they're talking about a grave you know he's saying where have you laid him where are you buried mm. you know Jesus they say to him come and yeah. see you know come and see how how far we've Something, whatever you know, yeah. and then cool. they get this, you know, the love, and 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 it's the first time you know we miss the verses before this where someone reports to Jesus the one whom you love has died, right. mm-hmm. and you know it's the first time we get this idea of the disi- beloved disciple. You know, some make a case that um, Lazarus is the beloved disciple, and that he's the one who mm. has ex- undergone full death and resurrection. Mm. And then maybe here's an argument for a literal event is that he really did come back to life and have his the veil lifted from his eyes that, oh, Mm. death is not the end. And now he could go and live in a full relationship of discipleship Mm. with Jesus. And, you know, that's the disciple Jesus loves is the one who can dispense with this fear of death that you're talking about and go on to live courageously and. You know, the next chapter starts with the Pharisees plotting not only to kill Jesus, but to kill Lazarus, Mm. you know, because he's the one that everyone he's a sensation. And um, so and then we get this this thing of, you know, Jesus calling Lazarus out of the tomb, but he himself doesn't unbind Lazarus. You know, it's the people standing around that have to let him go. And, you know, I hear an echo Mm. maybe of the end of the gospel where Jesus says, your sins are forgiven, those whom you forgive are, or, or the sins you retain are retained, the sins you forgive are forgiven. You know, you let the people go, let the people out of their graves, you know, and their spiritual death. So- I
0: had never thought of that.
1: It's, I don't know, I just feel like there's- Is that in
0: Matthew's
2: gospel? Is that- Is, that, is that's, it? That's oh, in Matthew's God. gospel. I, mean, I, mean, I, I think that uh, uh, where that happens, um, where he does, but I, I well, might be do wrong hear, I mean.
1: Interesting. I think you're probably right about almost everything. But the, <laughs> the, 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 you're the first person <laughs> to ever
2: said a that. That's, <laughs> that, that that's, uh, you heard it here. Yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah that, that. <laughs> right. But the, yeah, the, that's, uh, I'm not accustomed to that sort of <laughs> <laughs> right. um, thing. The, the, the,
0: the, the thing which I had never thought of before, which I thought was so profound. Um, Many things were very profound in what you were saying, Elizabeth. Yep. But the but the thing I found most profound was the uh, the fact that unbind him and let him go is a command which Jesus gives to the people who are around Lazarus, right? Mm-hmm. So that they have an opportunity to participate mm-hmm. in Jesus's work of liberating Lazarus from mm-hmm. death and everything that it represents. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sorry for the sorry for the pause there. I don't want to leave this story uh, too soon. So if there's another, if there's a last word that either of you have about Lazarus here, I you know please get in here. But I also wonder if we could talk just about the feast of all saints for just a, for just a moment. Um, but anything else about life yeah,
2: uh, just finishing up here, yeah. incredibly interesting things that you've brought to this, and both of you have brought to this to this passage and and we hope that all this is being brought to uh, just uh, just to finish uh, oh, I, uh, some trips that I've made to the Holy Land to see how the tomb works and and the whole question of the stone is rolled in front of it, and how e- even in Jesus, you know who will roll back the stone mm-hmm. in the resurrection scenes here, mm-hmm. that the stone is is is, is uh, a large Circular stone that they literally uh, someone mm-hmm. strong enough can literally roll, and that the the hole into the cave is a small hole of mm. d- of deep darkness mm-hmm. and and so uh Jesus uh, calling into the light, but anyway mm. uh the call into the light i yeah, want totally, i wanna I wanna totally. uh, as he calls into the light uh switch and, and have you lead us into a moment of all saintsness because I know we're we want to make sure our, our, our cast of podness uh, that we do not want it to stinketh.
0: Uh, we want to uh, keep th- it. go on for four it's, days. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> go on for four days. <laughs> no, that's exactly so, yes. right. Lead us on. Well, just to say that the, the Feast of All Saints, which, um, I, you know, here at St. Mark's is kind of a conflation of the traditional feasts of all saints and all souls, uh, right? All saints traditionally devoted to, uh, to the saints, uh, those whom the church has felt are uh, not only exemplary, of a Christian life, but also you know, uh, enjoy a kind of stature in the church's mind, and also perhaps in the kingdom of heaven. And so we ask their intercession. We look to their example. We're trying to be like them, etc. Then All Souls being the day on which we commemorate all the faithful departed, all those in our families, all those of our friends who have died, etc at saint mark's and in many episcopal churches we conflate these and say well actually all the soul the souls of all the faithful departed are really the souls of all of mm-hmm. the, the saints and vice right. versa and so we're going to do things like read and pray the necrology before the celebration of the eucharist and mm-hmm. this is the moment when i think actually this story however it is that we interpret it really comes home because jesus here is at work in the life of a family that he loves and i believe that jesus is in is at work in the lives of the okay. families of all of those whose names will be read in the necrology on Sunday. And um,
2: that's good. Mm-hmm. That's good.
0: And no matter where they may be, whether they're disturbed in spirit, whether they have peace, whether they have both at the same time, I think I would, I, I, hope, that, um, I hope that Jesus would be their resurrection and their life too. hmm Either of you with the last word on all saints or a word for our people.
1: Amen to what you said.
0: Amen to what she said about what you said.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you heard it here. Uh, Peter Walsh has everything right for once in his life. So uh, they both said amen to something that I said. Uh, and Elizabeth is dropping truth bombs all over the place. This has been uh, revved up for Sunday. Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And with that, God bless you. And may you have a blessed feast of all saints.